0: Hey, everybody, it's Jim Johnson here, the head coach at Contractor Coach Pro with uh, this week's episode of Contractor Radio, and we are talking to the master of the phone. Uh, This guy uh, has been doing this for quite some time now. Uh, I have heard nothing but good about him. I'm sure there's probably some people that uh, has not been thrilled because that's telemarketing just the way it is, but uh, he stands up. Stands up behind what it is. Every day, stands up behind what he offers. He always comes through. He makes customers happy. He makes the people they call on the phone happy, which is super cool. I really uh, like that aspect of what they do. And so today, I would like to welcome Jack Pencil from Hale Nine One One to Contractor Radio. Jimmy, thank
1: you so much. I appreciate being on here. Uh, We had a good talk last week, and uh, excited to be here today.
0: Yeah, I, I've been uh, like waiting with bated breath just to get you on because uh, Jack tends to be one of the most high energy folks that I have met. And uh, that's saying a lot because I know a lot of high energy folks and I'd like to consider myself being one of those as well. And so that's um, kind of question one, like we're going to talk about Hell nine one one, and all that other good stuff. But where does all this energy come from, man?
1: Man, so, you know, my wife a couple of weeks ago said, you know what, Jack? She's like, are you ever going to grow up? I'm like, explain it, what do you mean, honey? She goes you can be so immature sometimes. I'm like, you know what? It's not immature, it's more of a child. So, Jimmy, I just like to have fun, buddy, right? So there's so many things in our lives as business owners and you know, running our families and you know, being that core. We just we have a good time with it, you know, we work hard, but the founding principle is just have a great time with what you do. And I think that's where a lot of that energy comes and It doesn't mean if I'm at work or if I'm sitting there at a restaurant, you know, high-fiving the waiter. We we just, we love what we do.
0: Now, would you say you're naturally wired that way or have you done some things to be aware of? Like, I I notice one of the things, like, anytime something that is an obstacle or a challenge or maybe even negative comes up, you tend to almost push it away, shy away from it and and look at the other side of it. Like we were talking about zoom being a, a bit of a challenge for us here lately. And you're like, well, you got to kind of see what they're dealing with. They got a lot of people and all kinds of problems. And I was like, that's a really cool way of looking at things. Is that, is that just how you're wired or? Is it, is,
1: it is. And it is. And again, right. We all have our days. I, I definitely have them as well. Um, you know, but my, my inner circle, they're always like, you're so positive. Right. And. We've been through a lot. Our family's been through a lot, you know. Our companies just you grow like, like anyone, right? But um, you know, I'll put it back to the man upstairs. You know, having a relationship with him that gives me my inner peace, and I just have a great time with it.
0: That's awesome. We're going to get back to that little comment right there in a few minutes. So, tell us a little bit about the background. Like, how'd you get into all this telemarketing stuff and call center? I know that's what they call them today. We used to call them telemarketers. Now it's like call
1: center. Call center uh, agents. What's, what's right
0: name to it. Uh, What got you into it?
1: So, you know, now I'm getting old, man. But um, in high school, college, playing ball, playing sports, telemarketing was always my go-to. It offered a lot of flexibility. I was good at it. So it didn't matter if I was in a room with two people or, you know, 200 people. Uh, I'm uber competitive, so I always wanted to be the best. Uh, It paid well. And, you know, just from uh, age 16 on, I started to learn that industry and uh, became attracted to it
0: so so how long did you do that like as an actual to like tell Margaret that was your job
1: 16 to 19 oh wow. and then and then got into the sales side of it right and started to sell for some of these companies got into the leadership side of it and by the time i was 24 i opened up my first call center
0: so 24 i won't ask you how old you are today i know that it
1: can my my, my my birthday's tomorrow i'll be 52
0: oh wow congratulations Woo. happy birthday uh, you, I, you're one of those guys, like, I would have never guessed you were older than me.
1: That goes back to the childish behavior that uh, the better half tells me about.
0: Uh, that's, I get the same thing from my wife all the time. She's like, When are you going to grow up? And I'm like, oh, I hope never. Never.
1: That's never. Kind of
0: not the way I want to do things. I, I love that childish aspect to people. And the reason, that, and I don't look at that as derogatory, I look at that as an actual positive because you have a different way that you look at the world. You look at the world through a child's eyes, and there's always opportunity. There's always growth. There's always um, this creativity and curiosity that I think a lot of people lose as they get older. Uh, They 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 get into a rut. They get into a feeling. Do Do you feel that?
1: I do. And and right. But that's the challenge: is to not fall into that trap. Right. To keep it interesting. To keep growing. You know. And you can have a good time with it. It doesn't have to be a you know a painful experience.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. So uh, there's a question I ask everybody. We'll get into like the rest of your history here. But there's a question I ask everybody whenever I bring them on. And uh, so that question is, what is your greatest achievement to date that does not include getting married or anything really regarding kids or stuff like that, family stuff?
1: Oh, okay. So you, you took my top two there, Jimmy. <laughs> I usually uh, do. Like those are, yeah. the top two. those are too easy. But you know what? Obviously, the next one for me would be, you know, just the blessing of what I've had with the company, right? So you you see so many companies and I have so many friends that have built amazing things and you see some that, you know, they go the first two, three years and you find out it wasn't for them. And um, we started off in the the mortgage industry. So um, we were doing work for Quicken Loans, lead generation, uh, Wells Fargo. And, um, you know, we built a really large company, had a few hundred people working for us and uh, overnight. Right. When that industry collapsed, um, it was a truly humbling experience. Right. So you talk about, you know, uh, one of the biggest accomplishments that I'm thankful again to the man upstairs for is I didn't give up. Right. I I didn't sit there and say, oh, poor me, it was more, hey, how do we do this again and how do we learn from what we did and get better? So that second run, which is what we're in now, uh, I'll give credit to that.
0: That's awesome. Uh, that's, that's, and, and you've been at it for a long time.
1: like 20, 22 so years.
0: A lot of people don't stick with things. So how long have you been calling, like you talked about the mortgage thing and sure. now you do the roofing. How long have you been doing the roofing thing? So e-
1: even, even at the beginning when we were doing the mortgage stuff, Elsie um, and Marty with Ashpen were one of my first clients and Steve Shanton with uh, Venture. Right? They were one of my first clients. So even 20 years ago, we were doing this and you know, I still do work for both of them. So um, it was only maybe 10% of my company, but after that collapse in the whole financial world, uh, we just did a 180 and you know, storm restoration quickly became 80% of what we did.
0: So that's kind of an interesting conversation right now, like pivoting. Right? That's been a big sure. uh, hot word right now and uh everybody's kind of had to to make some pivots in the way they do business the way they operate the way they interact with their teams and things like that did you learn anything from that original pivot from the mortgage to the roofing thing that has helped you in this
1: so all of us right anytime we fail right it's what we do with it and so learning man there there was a lot of learning going on there um one of the biggest things was i had one big pillar, which was mortgages, right? That was my company. And even though we were the biggest and best at it, that's all I had. So when that collapsed, I was like, oh, what what do we turn to? So, you know, Storm was attractive to me because we did it, we were good at it. And it was similar personalities between a a contractor owner and uh, mortgage brokers. So um, building that platform again, you know, we quickly understood is, oh, you know, we have one pillar. And that's what evolved into Elite Call, which was lead generation for business to business. So, you know, understanding that we have to have a strong foundation to be able to withstand, you know, any, any curveballs that get thrown to us.
0: Ah, so, so do, you, do you call for more than roofing companies?
1: We do. So, Hail 911 is all storm related, Elite Call is anything business to business related, not in the storming world. So we've done work for security companies, vending companies, the NHL, um, and that was booming. You know, right before this COVID, I mean, we, we were capturing uh, contracts with, with clients that we've been working for years and, um, you know, boom, just like that, right? Um, and we're just thankful that we have Storming still as a core, that we're able to be able to keep the residential side and commercial, you know, with the churches, apartments, um, as a resource, you know, during these times.
0: Yeah, we talk about that with our contractors all the time, having all your eggs in one basket, man. One Don't do it. Thing, Don't do it. One little thing can uh, rip the rug out from underneath you. All right,
1: all right, And it's okay, Jim, right? It's okay to be an expert at what you do, but you have to have some more foundation because it's not a matter of, is there going to be a, a, you know, a break in it? There will be. It's just, are you prepared for it?
0: So let's talk a little telemarketing like that. I don't think that's a subject that gets hit on uh, nearly as much as it should, because it's always fascinated me. Um, I got to do it in a call center for I don't know about six months. Um, I was doing it while I was you. You were
1: a telemarketer. Yeah. Um, How do you do 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 at it? Here's a couple questions for you. How how do you do?
0: I was good. I I was good. Uh, I'm competitive, much like you. I played sports and the whole bit. I hate to lose. Uh, My first day was awful. It was terrible. Um, And and what I learned from that is I went and practiced. I went and practiced like nobody's business that night. Like, ah, I need to talk with somebody. I got my buddies and I practiced with them. I practiced with anybody that would listen. They finally quit listening. So I started practicing in the front of the mirror, put a video on me. I get my man. dog, whatever, man. I was practicing with whoever because I felt like every time I said it, I got a little better, a little better, a little better, a little more confident, a little more. That, that's,
1: the, that's the key word right there, right? Confident, yeah. Jim. You know, and we, we coach our agents all the time. You have to present that confidence to get buy-in. And and that's why you were successful, right? Is you were competitive. You worked hard at it. And you had that confidence that carried through it. Well, I,
0: I applied a lot of what I learned in sports. And one of the things I learned about sports is that you have practice, right? And everybody's sure. going to go to practice. Everybody's going to show up. And we're going to do whatever the drills are, fundamentals, and all that other stuff for two hours. And then we're all going to leave. Right. Except for me. I'm not going to be the guy that leaves. I'm going to field nice. more balls. I'm going to go in the cage. I'm going to... Catch more passes. I'm gonna, you know, shoot more free throws. And See, I, would,
1: I would have recruited you. I, I coach hockey, football, and that—that's the character you're looking for, right? But look at the greatest athletes. That—that's that's yeah. The story. And,
0: and as an athlete, I was pretty good, um, pretty solid in that venue. And uh, so whenever I got into sales, it was just the same thing. I got to practice. I got to practice more than everybody else and really push that. So, so do you do that with your with your people? Do you do you role do. play with them? Do.
1: so. So a lot of um, the coaching gets carried over. And I think a lot of contractors, which is why we have so much success, even though we didn't show that win the storm with that basketball game. Um, <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of great athletes, right? And they played sports. So they have that character and that work ethic that comes with that. So in our you know, routine here, every day, every day there's huddles. You know, Even when we're remote, we're still doing them you know, with Zoom. But when we're in this room here, every, every day we're talking about, you know, getting better and going back to the basic fundamentals, right? No different. We talk about baseball players, the best in the world, right? In the MLB, train, you know, spring season, they're hitting off a tee. They're going back to those fundamentals. And, and when we have agents that get a little bit of attitude, I've been doing this for 10 years. So what? It doesn't mean that you can't stop practicing to get better.
0: I I think you can get better every single day. And uh, it's it's one of my main focuses every day is to get better at what I do each and every day. That's why I do these interviews. I learn so much from you guys and it helps me get better at what I do and and how I coach our clients. So when it comes to that toe marketing and you've got a contractor that's interested in what you do, what are you looking for in those guys?
1: So for me, right, and and we're trying to, Kind of, we have a big bowl of contractors, and we're trying to kind of go down here, right? Um, And that's part of this equation is what are we looking for? So we're looking for someone that has similar values that we have. Um, So it's what we talked about last week as well. So if I want to be able to get buy-in from my agents, they don't have to be the biggest contractor, but I want them to be one of the best in their markets, so that it makes it makes it easier for our agents to get on that phone and have some conviction to say, hey, listen, you know. Crest, you know C.M.R. They're some of the best contractors in Texas, and and actually believe it and know it's true.
0: That's super cool. Like, and you're right. It doesn't matter big or small. It's all about best. Like, do they no. deliver? Do they execute? Do they fall through? So that kind of brings me to another uh, thought a little bit here. So you bring a contractor on. Uh, and, and you feel like they're going to be one of the best, you feel like they got the stats, they got the things they need. Where do you see them struggle with, like, now they're getting telemarketing leads. Maybe they haven't done it before. Where do they struggle the most with?
1: So you know, it, it is different, and it's different from every contractor. I, I talked to someone today that used us a couple of years ago, and he said, oh, you, man, you guys were amazing two years ago. I just started up a new company. I want to go with you again. And, you know, I told him, I say, we're even better than we were because we keep raising our bar. But then he said, hey, are you going to direct me to the big houses with the big hail? And <laughs> I kind of chuckled about it. I said, buddy, you know, when we train our coaches, you got, I don't care if it's our call center, if you're doing it in-house or you're using another call center, you have to be involved, right? So you're the quarterback. You know, you're going to direct me where you want me to go. Just because I look at a hail trace map, that doesn't mean I see the size of the house and truly understand the exact hail that hit. So when they got their boots on the ground, contractors have to get involved with their call center to really help direct us where to go. And so that we can focus on giving them the biggest uh, ROI.
0: So you guys have some back and forth. It's not just like, Hey, I want to hire you. Give me some leads. And that's the end of the conversation. We'll
1: challenge them. They'll say, Hey, here's a zip code. I'll take a zip code. (laughs) Maybe sometimes (laughs) that works, but you know, give us, give us a, you know, an address or two and give us a one or two or three mile radius around it. You really want to get strategic. You know, give us a north-south-east-west boundary and say crush everything in between it.
0: So, so don't, don't
1: fall into the mistake that, hey, call center, here you go. Go get it. Get involved. And, um, How
0: targeted can they be? A
1: specific. Well, some people say, hey, can you get this house? No. <laughs> <laughs> I could if it's in a big area. We can pull a neighborhood, Jim. Um, but when you talk about the DNC, both the state and federal, you take a neighborhood that's got 800 homes in it, you might have 100 or less phone records for that you know, buy some cell phone records, maybe you get up to a buck 30. So you need to have enough areas um, so that you can have some substance in the data that you dial.
0: So volume, right? Like is volume. volume. And, uh, and so not every house is gonna be the biggest, you know, 80 square so. cut up, huge thing like-
1: Data, you know, data, data is so big. So when I see sometimes call centers, they'll be like, I got, you know, 200 agents, you know, we're gonna dial Texas and we're gonna you know, for the next six hours, get 300 leads. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I pull the same data that you do, and I might even get some cell phone data that some don't. And I know if I put six agents on that data for two hours, I'm going to burn through it at least one time. So it's not a matter of how big your call center is. It's a matter of having enough data to not abuse the data that you're dialing. You know, you don't want to call the same records two, three, five, ten 10 times a day. You know, at max, that once in the morning, hit it once at night.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, one of the things about me that a lot of people may not know is had my own contracting business. Most people know that. We had our own call center. We actually had an in-house, we had a manager, had about anywhere from 10 to 25 people calling uh, depending on the time of year and what was going on. And so I took about six months of experience and then tried to actually do it myself and learn by fire. It was awful and struggled with it. But after the first three or four months, we kind of got it nailed down to do a pretty good job. I don't, I don't say we were held 911 by any means.
1: You're you're probably uh, better.
0: We we were pretty solid. And, uh, but it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort, uh, a lot of management, a lot of leadership. It's it's a whole new business. It's 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 literally having a whole new business.
1: Different platform.
0: It is. And there's some advantages to it, you know, like being able to have my finger on the people saying what I wanted them to say about my company was really huge. And I've used call centers before where I struggled with that. And I even coached. Them. I like gave them scripts even, and here's, sure. here's the highlights of my company. And I want you to talk about these things, but I always ask for the recorded calls. I wanted to hear the calls and just sure. check. And uh, can people do that with you?
1: They could. So we're not going to send every recording because the abundant (laughs) amount of time it would take. But, you know, if someone comes to me and says, Hey, Jack, you know, it said uh, that it was a seven-year-old roof, you know, it was a two-year-old roof, really. I'm pulling that recording, not to say, ah, we did it right. But I want them to have confidence and buy-in that if we write something down or if we send them to a house, at least at the time when we talk to them and our coach, you know, did the quality assurance, it's what they told us. So. It's a great source to, to build that relationship, especially with a new, con, a new contractor, right? To just, and also to help train their salespeople because sometimes a lead could be phenomenal and that sales rep goes and for whatever reason it drops. If I'm an owner, I want to hear that phone call because if they were bought in on that call, what happened? You know, what happened in, in that, you know, 12 hours that changed the, you know, uh, excitement to someone that's saying, I'm not really ready to go.
0: So... What's the key, okay? I'm a telemarketer. What's the key to getting somebody to say yes and being bought into it? Like that's the part. Like sure. I can get somebody to say yes all day, every day. That's not sure. hard to do. Sure. But having them follow through with what needs to happen next sometimes can be a bit challenging. What, what do you think the, the key is to that?
1: So we try to keep it simple, right? So we, two steps, you know, they go through a lot of training and um, I'll, I'll poke my head in the, in the room and I'll say, hey, just real fast, what you're learning is really powerful. But get this, if you can get that person on the other end of the phone, I don't care if you get the lead or not, if they hang up the phone and they say, that was a little bit different, that wasn't the typical telemarketing call I get, you won. And then the other key thing that we talk about here is is a wow factor. And that wow factor is, I want a contractor to be able to hear that recording and be like, wow, that, that agent's awesome. So agents will say, well, how do you do that? I'm like, it's simple. Don't just end the phone call. Right. You get that lead here at the end, you know, reinforce the value. So let them know that, you know, X, Y, Z, they're a leading contractor. We've been here for 10 years. We can't wait to make sure uh, that your house is protected. We'll see you at 2 p.m. Right. Just just put a little bit of, you know, effort and enthusiasm into the phone call. It doesn't mean you have to be a cheerleader or have some crazy energy, but be confident, which is what you kind of started this off with.
0: Yeah, that was what I found was uh, the more I was comfortable with what I was saying, I knew my content that gave me the confidence that I could then be more conversational instead of robotic. Don't sound a like a script.
1: A don't, don't sound like a script. So we get a new agent sometimes. They'll be like, I said exactly what you said, right? You know, when I did telemarketing back in my day, Jim, we had like six page scripts with, you know, 100 rebuttals. <laughs> and stuff. So, like, no, we're not doing that. You know, we're going to do a paragraph you know, with three or four bullet points about that company. So if you can't do that with some conviction and learn that maybe, you know, telemarketing is not the right job for you. Right? So if you want to have that success, then get that paragraph to be conversational, get it so that you're talking to how you and I are speaking now rather than, hi, I'm calling from, you know, it, it has to be real. It has to be real. So that, that, that is the biggest thing we deliver daily is reminding them, Hey, wow factor, enthusiasm, have some confidence, you know, believe that they really are the best contractor in their market.
0: Well, you're, you're setting the stage for expectations, right? And so that's really your job as a telemarketer is that I'm selling you something, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's a roof, if it's security, if it's whatever, and it's going to be God's gift to your world. It's going to be something that changes your life and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be an experience that you never expected before. And then you hope and pray <laughs> that the contractor on the other end actually deliver delivers it. that thing. Um, so, you, you mentioned these bullet points, right? Like it's not about scripts and stuff like that. It's it's kind of sure. knowing the contractor. What what are some of the bullet points you're looking for uh, in a so, contractor?
1: You know, sometimes and again, it's not wrong, right? And they should be proud of it. Sometimes someone will say, "Hey, I'm GAF certified." Awesome, right? Well, that it is awesome. It's a good. It's a great accomplishment, right? To, to be that percentage that gets it or whatever those little ones might be but if i'm a homeowner the biggest things i'm looking for is i want to know that you're local now that that's first and foremost that they ask every single phone call hey where are you from what's your address right they want to make sure that you're not coming to texas from illinois so you know the fact that you're a local contractor and then i want to be able to get some value to say hey listen you know if they've been there for 15 years and they're from you know lubbock texas I want them to know that, hey, we're a local contractor, you know, been in for 15 years. You know, Steve went to church at Boom. You know, Stevie played ball at Baylor. You know, I I want them to know a little bit about the contractor. So when we ask for those two or three or four bullet points, I'm challenging them to think outside the box. You know, don't just give me what first comes to your mind. Give me two or three things that if you were a homeowner, this is what I'd want to know.
0: That's super cool, right? Like that's... It's so important that we understand what homeowners see as value in a contractor. We tend to get blinded by what the industry makes us think like, man, you gotta be sure. Owens Corning platinum or you gotta be GAF master leader. You gotta be whatever. Right. Uh, and that makes you something in the homeowner. eye, what makes you Doesn't something manage. is, are you there? Can I trust you? And do you provide good value? And so if we can get that across and this, are you there part, you said something that was interesting. Like you mentioned Stevie, like the guy's name, like, Hey, Steve owns this business. He's been there forever. Like, you know, about these contractors, which uh, I haven't had that experience with a call center that actually knew the contractor. Uh, That's pretty cool.
1: It is cool. And then, and one last piece with that, right. As you talk about buy-in, that's where I say that, you know, when you said, Hey, who's your customer? you know, if I'm telling our agents that, you know, this contractor is one of the best in, in South Carolina and we go to the website and our agents look up, you know, you know, reviews and there's negative, 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 that that's got to balance out. Right. So when you say, who are we looking for? You know, any, any call center, you got to partner with someone that backs up the substance that you're trying to deliver. And we made the same mistakes. A lot of people made uh, or still make today is right. You, you try to over push a free inspection. Hey, Jim, it's free. I'm going to be on your street tomorrow. There's no cost. Jimmy. there's not even an obligation. Well, who cares, right? I'm not, you're not having contractors spend the money they spend to deliver you know, a glorified door hanger, right? I, I want substance. I want that homeowner to be there for the appointment. And the way that happens is to get them to buy into and using words like, I'm going to protect your home. And, right, and it's not bull crap. We're really going to protect their home. And there's damage to it. You know, we meet these adjusters every day, they know who we are. If there's damage to your home, we're gonna make sure you're protected. And, and that's what the agent's you know, responsibility to deliver call after call.
0: That was one of our, our lines, I guess. I don't like to use the word lines because it was real. But we would tell homeowners that we're the best company at helping you hold your insurance company accountable. We don't do it, you do it. We just show you how. Right. And uh, that was really impactful with a lot of homeowners, especially mm-hmm. a little later in the storm as they were, you know, things kind of settled down a little bit. They were starting to get their paperwork and all that kind of stuff. So if you're doing storm work, like that's, you know, telemarketing. Do you guys telemarket for retail at all?
1: We don't. We've tried it. And, you know, there's a lot of good money in it. And I'll have contractors that would write us some big checks. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you sit there 20 hours and you don't get a lead and we've had some contractors do some really, you know, uh, creative, marketing with our calls saying, hey, listen, we're looking for a showcase. You know, we're gonna do this house at, you know, 75% off because I want to have a showcase in the neighborhood. And we literally still would go 75, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours and get two, three leads. So um, you know, I, I I coach our contractors, if you want retail, get good canvassers. They can see the you know worn out windows, they see the garage door that's beat up, they see the roof that's you know, you know, an uh, old three tab. Knock those. Because when you're telemarketing, you don't get that luxury of uh, seeing who you're calling. So for retail, you're, you're much better off hiring canvassers to uh, go door to door.
0: Yeah, right strategy for the right situation, right? Yeah. So if you were going to tell a contractor, hey, no, we can't work with you. But these are the things you need to do to get to the point to work with us. Uh, what would those things be? Are they the same bullet so, points as before?
1: It is, and, and it's not even that. So I, the hardest thing I have today, you know, the this last six weeks is we get you know, 15, 20 contractors a day that want the Texas and the Illinois and the Missouri and the Kansas and South Carolina that we just don't have any more room, right? So, um, but I don't end the phone call just saying we're sold out, see that, right? I have sometimes hour conversations with them and we talk about social media and different means to keep marketing your company different ways and you know even the ability to hire your own in-house team right not easy but if i have nowhere else to go why not why wouldn't i hire two three people and and let them market the way that i want them to market it well it
0: was, it was funny I, it was like something that just clicked with me one day i'm like hey all my sales guys aren't here i've got this office with all these phones and stuff in it and they're all out knocking doors get some bodies and rate to them. put some people on some phones and shoot yeah. maybe that like makes it easier for my door knockers and makes it easier for my telemarketers too. And it worked. It actually worked really, really well. All right. So uh, let, let's dig into you just a little bit. Cause you, you mentioned two things that I kind of like cataloged and held on to for uh, towards the end of this. I noticed you mentioned faith and, and spiritual growth and stuff like that. Uh, where do you stand on that kind of stuff? What, what is that in your life?
1: So if it wasn't for my faith, you'd see me somewhere, you know, in a corner curled up in a ball right? Um, there, there's so many different things that we all face, right? I, I have uh, four boys, you know, we have a daughter in heaven um, that we lost at birth. And then uh, I have a son that's an addict, right? And he's the most amazing, uh, you know, full of life that I'd ever imagine. right? But um, he just made some bad choices, right? So that faith, right, no matter what we face, you know, whatever that obstacle could be, um, that's at the core of everything I do, you know, e- even this place here, I can make a lot of money doing some other things as well, but I love allowing God to use this company for him, right? To to make a difference in people's lives, right? And I am a kid, right? I, I come in and high five everyone. I get the guys in a headlock, right? If you've been at Wind the Storm, you've probably been in a headlock before. Um, I, we just have so much fun, Jim, with what we do, but Ultimately, you know, and it's the same thing I tell my kids or I put posts on social media, just make a difference, right? Make a difference in people's lives, positive difference, and then you can have all the success and joy with everything else that you do.
0: So uh, a little bit deeper question. Were you always this way spiritually? Yeah. No.
1: So um, we had a neighbor that was a pretty strong Christian uh, growing up, and she'd always say, we're praying for you. <laughs> and we'd walk away, but I got wiped out. And, um, <laughs> you know. It was when I was 18. So, 18 years old, gave my life to Christ. And, um, you know, since then, I've been growing every day.
0: I, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Welcome to the yeah. team. That's good. Thank you. That's and, awesome. right, you
1: know, we fall. All of us fall, right? We all have our battles and you do your things. But to have that, you know, um, confidence and, and faith to know that, hey, no matter what, He's got you, especially in today's world. I, I mean, can you imagine Jim doing life without that?
0: I cannot, absolutely cannot, like, I would be, like you said, rolled up in a ball somewhere in utter fear of everything that's going on out there in the world. Yeah.
1: So guess, that, 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 that is the core of everything, you know, even from the athletic days, right? To just bring that message and let it speak by who you are and not by your words, right? But people to say, what's different about him? You know, what's different about her? And uh, you do a great job of that as well.
0: I appreciate that. Uh, it's a, it is a point of focus in my life. I, I, I feel like we were given two commands, uh, love God, love your neighbor. And so uh, the love God part, actually the easier part for me, um, the love your neighbor isn't always the easiest part. There's lots of neighbors out there, but uh, it's been a challenge in my life. And, and it's a thing where serving is important. Um, whether, whether I, I agree with the person or not, my job is to love them. So that's what I'm going to do.
1: But when you're yeah. wired like us, right? Sometimes we're so competitive or we're so in that moment. Sometimes you're like, ah, oh, and you're like, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got to take a breath every once in a while.
1: Right. So
0: um, You mentioned another thing. So, you know, there's the faith thing and then there's the core values thing. You said we have these core values around here. Could you describe what those
1: look like? Sure. It's going to go back to what I said a moment ago, right? It's just about making a positive difference no matter what practice we're doing. So whether it's at work or it's at the house or it's at the ball game or it's on the field. Right. Um, so those core values is, you know, for me, right. And for our company, it's all about integrity. You know, it's all about honesty. Um, you know, I, I put those two at the, at the front of the line and, um, you know, that that's been the biggest blessing that we've had with growing this company over the years is, is having that foundation and to be able to have a company where people can walk through that door and they know it's a safe haven, right? That it's somewhere we can leave our baggage at the door and know it's gonna be a good day inside here.
0: That's super, like, first of all, I love the simplicity of it. Like positivity. It doesn't doesn't
1: need to be complicated.
0: Yeah, positivity and integrity. I think those are two fantastic core values that cover a lot of ground. Um, and And I'd love to see more marketing and telemarketing companies with that uh, second one you mentioned of integrity is high up on the chart. It's always a frustration with, like it's not a problem if something's not good, you know, a bad lead, a bad lead, whatever that is. As long as whoever is generating that lead will have the conversation. When they start running away from it, that's where the problem starts to lie. But I think
1: our industry as a whole, right? Whether it's call centers or contractors, right? we got a good group of guys here and girls, right? We have a lot of strong companies that really do make it. And you can say that about any industry, right? But uh, Mm -hmm. we're blessed to be working in the group that we work in. And, uh, you know, I just look forward to even in the midst of all this, having a great 2020 with it.
0: See what I mean? Like it, I can bring up something negative or something not to, uh, that way and then he spins it right to positive. And that's that, that's that core value. Okay, last question. I yes, know sir. you're a little bit of time constraint here. So I got last question for you. We all know that uh, while we're on this planet, we only have a certain amount of time, right? And there's an yes. end. In the end, how do you want to be remembered?
1: Ooh, that's, that's the big question you told me about, huh? um so jim told me before we get on this i'm gonna i ask everyone this question and um, i'm not gonna tell you what it is so now now i'm there um i'm gonna go back to right just a a keyword i use a lot is right what's your legacy right and again in the athletic world or the marketplace or our family we always talk about that what's your legacy going to be what are they going to say when you're all gone because no one cares about how much money you had no one cares how big your company was. What do you do with it? Right? How do you help people out and how do you make a difference? So for me, you know, I, I use those words, uh, integrity and honesty. Um, I got those from my dad. And um, if, if I can have that, if, if my own kids and people in the industry and friends and family can say, hey, man, that guy, right? He, he was a joy to be around, man. That guy was a competitive, you know, he, he loved to win, but he cared about people and um, he did it right. I mean, that, that's a, that's a, a big W for
0: me. If, if that's the end story. <laughs> I love he finishes with the big W, the win. Yeah. Hey Jack, man, this has been awesome. It's really it good. good. It is to, fun. Good to kind of get to know you a little bit better here these last couple of weeks. Uh, we had a previous conversation. Uh, you helped out a lot of our contractors. Uh, thank you. Fantastic. Um, I am honored to have you on here. Uh, And I hope at this point I can call you friend.
1: We are friends, man. It's it's been been a long time coming to get to this. And I'm going to give you one more thing before we bounce out because it's something that I deal with every day, right? And I'm sure other contractors deal with their call centers, the same thing. We all want a whole lot of leads, right? And um, it's probably the biggest phone call I get is, man, we're closing 80% of what you give us. You got more? (laughs) And (laughs) whether it's us or Kim or David or Joe, right? All these, they want to deliver the leads as bad as the contractor does, right? I only get paid if I deliver a lead, but understand the market that we're in. It's a little bit different right now, right? And you got a lot of oversaturation in some of these markets. So be patient with your call center because if you push them too hard, then you're going to be complaining about leads not being good. So we, we tell our contractors all the time, I'm I'm never going to send you out to a lead that doesn't meet expectations. So, as you're out there and you're in this world in the 2020 season and you're doing call centers, whoever you use, push the quality side of it. Keep pushing the quality side of it so it, it, it deepens the integrity that we have as an industry.
0: Yeah, and think of it as just it's, it's a part of your strategy. It's not your whole strategy.
1: You know, no, do got three or four different things. Right. you got canvassing,
0: telemarketing, social media, and there's so much more. I mean, there you know, is. there's lots of cool tools out there these days. Use them all. Uh, and yeah, sir. Sure. And the one that works best for you at the right time.
1: Jimmy, I appreciate you, man. It's man, been a pleasure. Been we got to do it again. We yeah, it again. I think we should.
0: I think we should. I, I would like to dig in with you a little bit on the sales side at some point. You know, you, you've Love had to sell as well as t- telemarketing and sales are two different things. One yeah. is lead generation. The one's actually closing a deal. And so uh, maybe at some point in the future, we can get some good
1: stories for that. So and as you do, so I look forward to it and uh, everyone have an awesome uh, rest of the week and weekend. And I appreciate you having us here, Jim.
0: No problem. Last thing, guys, if you want to get a hold of Jack Pencil, he's super easy to find on uh, Facebook because his name, last name P-I-N-S-E-L. You can find him super easy. You can find Hail 911 You can go to his website. We're going to put all the links and everything here on the podcast You can find this guy. If you're looking for somebody to generate quality leads for you, you're not going to find anybody better. He's a rock star, and uh, we're thankful for having you on today.
1: I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Have a great day, and uh, we will see you soon, my friend. All right. Talk to you later. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, bye.